Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello everyone, welcome back to Spirit School. I hope you guys have had an amazing summer so far. Uh, It's been good here, I'll just leave it there. There's a lot I can complain about, but honestly, my life is so amazing, so I can't complain. I can't use this platform to complain. Um, But I am going to be talking about something today that I have not wanted to share on this platform, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't want to share this story because I am not a fear-based teacher and I'm not a fear-based medium and I do not live a fear-based life. And I didn't know how to answer all the questions that will probably come from sharing my experience with dark energy, but here we are. So we're just going for it. And the reason why I felt compelled to share is because in my initiation program, my six-week mediumship development experience, which is going to be by the time this airs, wrapping up within a few days. I can't believe it. 58 amazing women from around the world trusting me with their intermediate beginner and intermediate mediumship development, completely honored. And this was something that kind of came up in our conversations. And I said, I didn't really want to share the experience through writing because I don't express myself the same through writing as I do through talking. So I'm standing at my stand-up desk here in Squamish um, and I'm having a tea. So you might hear me pause a couple times to have a sip of tea and uh, we'll just kind of get started with this topic. How about that? So I didn't want to go into the story without providing some context to uh, where I get my beliefs from. So it is my true belief that we formulate our beliefs two ways, one through our life experiences and the lens of which we frame those experiences. And some of us, and I'm talking about mediums and healers and lightworkers, um, us type, will also gain a lot of our beliefs and our philosophies from other teachers. So my first teacher, I was very lucky, would never let us embody what other people were saying. We had to go in an inquest ourselves when we heard something new or you know, had a different experience. We couldn't just go to the teacher and say, what was that? And they would answer us. They would always make us go within. My teacher would make me go within for the answers and find my own answer, which is why I'm the teacher I am today and why I'm obsessed with spiritual philosophy. And I think it's the foundation to doing public work is around spiritual philosophy, our beliefs, expressing them, uh, conceptualizing them, contemplating on them. And so to give you a bit of background on my beliefs when it came to dark energy, I have to kind of go back quite a bit. Now, some of these stories you will have probably heard um, throughout the years of listening to Spirit School in the podcast. Of course, I have like a lot of episodes now and um, I've probably talked about almost everything up until this point. So for some of the newer listeners who haven't gone that far back yet, um, I shared a room with my brother when I was a little kid. I think until we were about 11 and 13, we shared a room together growing up. Now, my brother was incredibly psychic. I was not aware of my psychic abilities, but even my parents would go see psychics because he was such a sensitive kid. Now we shared a room and we were very different. 
he would want to sleep with the door open to like let the hallway light in. And I would want to sleep with the door closed because there was a picture hanging outside of my bedroom door of a baby lion cub. And for some reason, that picture and having that little baby lion cub look at me while I was trying to sleep in my bed was terrifying for me. I did not want to see a lion's face as I was falling asleep. So we had to reshuffle our bedroom so that we could have the door half open so that the light was shining on my brother's face. And I could still imagine this room layout now. We had so much fun wrestling those days um, in that bedroom together. And I would sleep by the door where I wouldn't see out in the hallway. So I remember around that time, my brother would be laying in bed. He's like, do you not see grandma? And my grandma had just passed away. And I was like, no, I don't see grandma. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, don't you see her eyes? She's right there. And I would hide under the covers. I would go to bed every night as a kid in that room, hiding under the covers and saying, Grandma, I know you're here, but I can't see you. I don't want to see you. I'm too scared. I'm too scared to see you. And my brother would completely alert to me. And he was young at the time too. He was probably like, you know, nine and I was like seven. Um, could be off on my ages, but for the, for the best of my recollection, that's what I remember. And I remember being scared of spirit at a very very young age now fast forwarding quite a few years um you know I'll I'll just quickly touch base on another fearful experience I had when I was young around nine years old and and you guys know this through listening to the podcast for a while but I used to go to all the local churches it didn't matter what religion it was I, I wanted a bible and I loved churches I loved churches I loved ceremony I loved like passion and love like I was just really drawn to churches and I would go to you know once in a while to like the Sunday school or the Wednesday night church dinners I was really into that kind of stuff and I remember going to one of my friend's churches which was a Jehovah church and uh, for Jehovah Witnesses and I asked the priest or the pastor I'm not sure of the correct terminology to be honest like if I could have a bible and he looked at me square in the face and he said you are serving Satan and I didn't even know what Satan was back then right or the concept or you know the belief around Satan but I remember feeling so scared in that moment and I actually never attended a church again so for my whole childhood I would attend churches I would collect bibles but I never attended a church again and I still haven't to this day since having that experience it terrified me absolutely terrified me so fast forward quite a few years I was about 15 years old and three things happened at once and I can't actually quite in my mind put a placement to what came first but about the same year and around the same time three things came to my awareness one was John Edwards crossing over and I remember being with my parents in our living room. I remember the layout. I remember the big window behind the TV. Uh, one of those old brown couches with all the pinwheel and like wells. And if you, if you know, you know this couch from like the 80s and 90s is brown. It's got like print with um, different wells and flowers. And yeah, it's just everyone had one of these couches. <laughs> and we would be sitting there watching John Edwards on TV. And I remember my jaw would be on the ground that somebody could do this. I was blown away. And then around the same time with Sylvia Brown coming out on Montel Williams. Now she could have been on there before, but it definitely came to my awareness when I was around 15 years old and I was hooked on those shows. Those two shows were my teen years, 
right? And then the third show that came out around that same time was Most Haunted. It was a BBC show with Yvette Fielding and I can't remember, Derek Akora was the medium. Um, won't go there. I don't want to, you know, criticize him in any way, but he would get possessed on that show pretty much every week. And I would watch Chillingham Castle, or the first episode was on Chillingham Castle, which I did end up going there the second I was old enough to travel. I was like, take me to Chillingham Castle. I need to go because it was the first ever episode of Most Haunted. I would buy the DVD box sets. I would watch them over and over and over again. And then Paranormal State came out. I had such a crush on Ryan. And I used to watch all these different ghost shows. So in my awareness around that time was ghost shows and Sylvia Brown and... Um, John Edwards and if you check out John Edwards on TikTok he does free readings by the way he's really worth following on TikTok so I started reading Sylvia Brown books around that time as well and Sylvia Brown talked a lot about ghosts in her books and I know every ghost story like the back of my hand that she would you know the Sunnyvale Toys R Us um, kid that she would go to and go visit this kid at the Sunnyvale California Toys R Us like I knew all the stories and I became obsessed with ghosts so spirituality in my awareness around that age was really centered around paranormal activity it was centered around the concept of ghosts and trapped spirits and uh, like spirits who got left behind um, I pretty much believed everything I read and heard back then because I was like I don't know anything about this but these guys seem to know so my interest in all things spiritual Yes, mediumship, it was also centered around ghosts and paranormal. Now, in that house that we lived, when we were all kind of waking up to mediumship and waking up to, you know, spiritual concepts and spiritual things, because we weren't really a religious or spiritual family growing up, we would have experiences. Like, you couldn't take a picture of me without white light coming out of me from somewhere. Or you couldn't take a picture in our house anytime my brother was there without white orbs everywhere. So we would be catching all this stuff. And back then, of course, nothing was digital. They were actually like film cameras that you had to go um, get developed. And once you got them home, you would see everything. Um, digital cameras did come very shortly after, at least ones that we could afford, <laughs> I would say. And so this paranormal kind of research really piqued my interest between 15 and 22 years old now I moved out of the house quite young I was 17 when I left the house and the second I was able to travel I would go travel Europe to some of the most haunted locations and my husband at the time was definitely very wealthy so we were able to kind of afford those type of things he thought I was a total weirdo but that's what I was interested in and he was somebody who was never around he worked for NASCAR so and Formula One, so he was always gone. Like 50 out of 52 weeks a year, he would be gone. And sometimes he'd be gone for a month at a time. Little did I know he had families tucked away on every corner of the planet, but that's a story for a different podcast topic and episode. But I got a lot of time to myself. And what I ended up doing was joining a paranormal investigation group called Vancouver Paranormal. And so I wasn't heavy into drinking or anything like that. I wasn't a partier. I was kind of like a gaming geek. I used to be a world-ranked video gamer and so if I wasn't gaming when I wasn't working I was at haunted supposed haunted locations doing investigation work now zero awareness I had any abilities myself my role within those investigations was to follow the medium take notes and try to validate things after we left um, that could be evidentially validated so it was fine it was cool but 
I was very surprised that probably I probably joined for about 20 or 30 investigations over the course of about a year and a half, two years. And we never really caught anything significant, like nothing like you saw in Paranormal or Most Haunted or Paranormal State. But it was worth it. I mean, it was fun just to have a community of like-minded people and spending our Friday, Saturday nights in haunted locations. And I remember I wouldn't get home until about 5 or 6 a.m. And I wouldn't even go to bed. The first thing I would do would be to upload all my back then I had a digital camera and I had a digital audio recorder and I would literally listen to all the tracks like I was basically a ghost hunter and I was very very excited again zero education zero I don't even think we did energetic protection back then like it was just having fun I would say all this to say I did spend a really good chunk of my life 15 to 22 searching for the paranormal, searching for earthbound spirits, um, or even just like spirit communication. I actually didn't even know the difference between it back then, but it was, I was very, very invested and interested in it. Now let's fast forward a little bit again. I start developing as a medium about nine years passes and around this point and still not super spiritually aware, super spiritually open. My my interest in spiritual things definitely ebbed and flowed with life because I went through a really bad divorce. I spent some time homeless. I ended up leaving my hometown and going to a place um, to, with a boy that did not work out at all. Ended up homeless again. Um, just a lot of life changes happened for me between 22 and 28. Again, I will write a book one day because my, my life has been absolutely wild um, and it, it's hard to even believe all the stuff that happened to me did happen to me throughout my life but I ended up finding my husband ended up having a baby girl synchronicity led me to somebody who was very important in my life for many years ended up being my first mediumship teacher so I started learning how to connect with the world of spirit and having different spiritual experiences but all these different experiences were beautiful and they were like uplifting and they were I mean there was sorrow and grief involved most definitely but my experience with the spirit world was very different and there was like nothing negative that was happening and then my parents started piquing their interest as I started spiritually evolving as well and becoming more spiritually open and aware and curious about this type of stuff and we would have conversations I would share some different experiences that I'd had in my development classes or doing practice readings and eventually even working out there in the public and we would reflect we would reflect on all the experiences we had in that house when I first started watching Sylvie Brown and the haunted shows and everything was a ghost and everything was paranormal we did we thought our house was haunted and we started actually having conversations around like could that have been Nana like could that have been Papa you know could that have been Cuzzy like because what I was experiencing what spirit was bringing through for me for other people I had also experienced as a kid that I used to pin down as being paranormal so I started to actually doubt the paranormal after dedicating so many years to it I started to kind of like doubt that there would be anything bad out there in the world um and just having you know some philosophies based off of my experience that maybe there wasn't a thing as ghosts like we never really caught anything that would be considered you know firm right the medium would actually come up with loved ones 
that would be in spirit around the house and the homeowners would be able to validate yes there was an uncle hank yes okay well i feel like this is him okay okay so then i started being asked within my own community to start investigating some houses and parents would message me and tell me that you know their kids were haunted or possessed or attachments etc etc and more often than not i found myself faced with people who were you know addicted to chaos or addicted to drama or they felt that they knew better than me and even if I was able to bring through evidence that there would be a loved one there I would say nine out of ten people just wanted to be possessed like there was such a will there and again I feel like a lot of that stemmed from trauma and I feel like we can become addicted to chaos and drama if that's what we're used to growing up it becomes kind of like a baseline it comes a safety net for us and even when things are going well in life people who have this tendency will like rack up debt or you know shake things up have affairs like to create a little bit of chaos in their life because that to them is safe and so I started encountering a lot of that and so I stopped taking those calls and I started vetting a lot of those because if a kid was involved I was there I was like I'm there what do you what do you need but then I can't do anything with them if the parents aren't open to it being something else and so I started vetting my families to make sure that they were open to having a different perspective come through okay so this is kind of like evolving into it and I started questioning it a little bit but still kind of holding on to my ghost so then I go into more deeper development and I remember meeting Mavis Patilla for the first time in 2016 and she really kind of anchored in my unsureness about the paranormal or dark energy or earthbound spirits when in one of our workshops I did a week-long workshop with her um, she came out to British Columbia and I felt very lucky her and Jean and I remember her saying one thing you don't have to go around rescuing earthbound spirits there is no such thing and it was like all the blood rushed from my body through the ground. I was so confused. Years, memories, experiences started flashing right through me. And no matter what she taught after that, I have no idea. But my mind was swirling. And keep back in mind, I was not a very confident medium at the time. I was still finding myself. I, I had a hard time thinking for myself. A hard time telling myself this is what's going on. I still needed a lot of validation from my teacher and from, you know, my peers around that time. Unlike where I'm at now. And so I remember messaging my mentor who I also worked for her at the time. And I remember saying to her, I'm like, I, I just, I don't even know what to think. I'm like, please talk me through this. What does she mean? There's no such an earthbound spirits. And of course, my teacher at the time was very gracious and very, very spiritual. And she would say, she would never give me an answer. Well, what do you mean? Like, what do you think? Right? And I would say, well, I had all these experiences. And we would kind of like talk it through. And she's more of like a coach mentor to me than, you know, a psychic for me in kind of validating my experiences. But it really kind of pivoted my belief from believing in that kind of stuff to really not believing in it. And then I found if I ever expressed that, right I did an episode with Tony um I did an episode with Tony Willis where we kind of talked about a little bit more of the controversial things now she talked about it more than I did because she's a lot braver than I and she did get very heavily criticized for some of the things that she was talking about on my podcast and I feel for her because she's a lovely lovely human being um and so that was no fun for me to hear about but we have talked about this a little bit before on the podcast just to kind of let you know. And so that kind of was the pivoting moment for me to actually kind of stand firm in a belief where it's like, 
I do not believe in these things. I'm like, Mavis freaking Patella. I mean, come on. Like, she's one one of, like, you know, the oldest living mediums right now. She has, like, 50 years experience. Like, she must know, right? Like, she must know. And so that was kind of, like, the anchor in for me where it's like, okay, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in dark energy. I don't believe in demons. Don't believe in Satan. Don't believe in any of this, right? And I, I live very happy with that belief. So now you know what I always say. Be flexible in your beliefs because they will be challenged the more you connect with spirit the more you evolve the more you grow the more experiences you have your beliefs that you hold firm may be challenged so I always say I have no hills to die on when it comes to mediumship I will never go out there in the world saying I am the authority I know more than you I really believe a lot of us are formulating our beliefs and our integrity and our ethics based off of our experiences so none of us are out here to do harm I do believe even people who are spreading kind of like fear-based teachings out there in the world, they're really kind of creating their reality and their experiences and, and, and their beliefs, therefore their beliefs. But the more that we experience and the more that we serve spirit, the more that's going to come in and old ways of thinking and old ways of doing and being will not hold true because of the experiences that we end up having. So fast forward even a couple more years I, I very much hold firm. I don't believe in this kind of stuff. And then I start to enter public work. Okay, now this is where the story comes in, I promise. But I want to fast forward a little bit because this happened after the experience. Then I met Aboriginal medium, Sean Leonard, who's coming on my podcast. Oh my God, September 6th, I'm interviewing him. I'm going to cry because this will be the highlight of my career having Aboriginal medium, Sean Leonard on the podcast. He's my favorite medium in the whole world. I think he's the clearest clear audience channel we have living today. He's like the Helen Hughes of this day. He is absolutely incredible. And he's First Nations and he's Canadian. And I'm so excited to interview him. But he believes in ghosts, right? So then I'm all confused again. I'm like, but if Sean Leonard believes in ghosts, like they mu there must be something. So again, kind of giving my power away a little bit and giving away my energy a little bit because someone else, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I have to lean back into what I really know to be true. Really, none of us know <laughs> for sure. But he does have some evidence on YouTube um, that he catches some EVP around an earthbound spirit. So anyways, I don't need to go there. I just wanted to, to say that because I respect him so much and his work and I just had to kind of say that. So going backwards a little bit, I start doing public readings and one of my first clients sits down in front of me and starts talking about negative energy. And this is where it kind of gets interesting because I remember saying to her, I said, you know what? Like, I wish I could be a resource for you on this. It's just not my experience. I almost want to have an experience like that so I can understand what a lot of my clients are saying. Immediately, I heard Claire audiently. I believe it was from an angel. I didn't even know very much about angels at that time, but I heard Claire audiently in my mind within a second, Danielle, what you are about to experience is controlled. You will be okay. And then at the same time, this angel is saying that to me, I can feel the energy around me shift. And I regretted saying that within an instant. Even telling you this right now, I have shivers all over my body. So I wrap up my readings for the day and I go home and my energy has changed. Usually I leave readings like light and bright and airy and high vibe. I just touched heaven. It's one of my favorite things to do in the world is communicate with loved ones on the other side, bring through healing. I left this reading not happy. Now I'm going to try to describe as best I can the whole experience. It did come uh, over four days the only way I can describe it is it was like I was Eeyore 
and there was literally a black cloud hovering over me. I went into a deep depression. I'd only had depression once before. The year before I had an NDE before this experience and I had a depression after that near-death experience for a couple months. I had no experience with depression before that experience and I went into depression and what I would call pure apathy. I canceled all my future readings. I didn't show up for class that next day. I had no interest in spiritual things. I actually had no interest in life. And I could see this collection of energy. And it's almost like the heaviness that I felt over me and overcome me and overpower me kept me in this fog where I didn't even like know any spiritual things. I have all these spiritual tools around like energy protection and grounding and connecting and none of that was even in my awareness. And it was a black cloud. It was a it was a collection of energy. It was a black cloud. It wasn't uh, an entity. It wasn't like a demon. It wasn't a being. It was like a collection of sad energy is how I would describe it. And I remember laying in bed one night and we all have blackout blinds in our, cu- in our room. So it's like real pitch black. And I remember laying in bed and I wasn't even able to sleep, but I was too apathetic to even move. And I didn't even want to get up and do anything. Like I was basically like, like dead inside is how it made me feel. And I remember looking up at the corner of the room, which was a pitch black room. And I could physically, objectively, clairvoyantly see this black mass in the corner of my room. And I was too apathetic to even be scared. Wasn't even scared. It just put me under this blanket of just like depressive energy. And I remember not even going to work. And I remember laying on my couch and I wouldn't even turn the TV on. It was just nothing. And it was actually my mentor at the time who called me. And she said, Danielle, I just feel like I need to reach out to you. You didn't come to class on Sunday. And my guys are just saying, reach out to Danielle. So what's going on? I remember saying, well, I did a couple of readings a few days ago, some public readings, and this girl was talking about a dark experience, and I let her know that I've never had one, and I don't necessarily believe in them, and so I didn't feel like a valuable resource for her, and then I said, I kind of wish I had something like that happen to me so I could understand it, and my mentor said, oh, okay, so you know, she, she kind of validated for me that we can kind of like will in like maybe not so great experiences. She didn't give me any answers. She didn't tell me anything, but she said, have you prayed? I was like, pray? I'm not religious. No, I haven't prayed. I don't pray, right? I think this was like 2017. I'm like, I don't pray. She's like, well, try praying to God that it goes away. I was like, okay, I guess so. I'm like, I'll try. So I remember I was laying on my couch that day and my TV wasn't on. Nothing was on. The kids were at daycare. My husband was at work. I was taking a sick day. And I remember sitting up on my couch and saying, you know, God, I, I say creator. As an indigenous woman, we call it creator. I say creator, my mentor says I can pray to you and it will help. So I have a black cloud following me and I want it gone. And just as I said that, it went and the energy lifted. I literally just had to say super casually, God, Apparently I can pray to you and this will all go away. I don't want this cloud over me anymore. I'm ready to be released of it. I don't remember my exact words, but it was around that. It was short. It was quick. It was unceremonial. It was just words and desire and intention. 
and literally just as I said it the energy lifted from me it was gone it never came back it was a huge lesson for me it also showed me one of the most powerful lessons I received from that whole experience was all I have to do is intend and it is Like I intended and I called in that experience and I prayed my way out of it, okay? So I've been praying every day ever since, by the way. (laughs) By the way, I have been praying every day since. Same, I just talked to our creator, right? I just talked to her like I talked to anyone else. Unceremonial, I don't like candles. I'm just like super basic and simple in my spirituality. No hangups, no holdups, all that fun stuff. And so... It went away and I can, I went back to work the next day. I felt light. I felt back like my old self again. And it really showed me how much energetic sovereignty I actually have and how much power over my experiences I have. But it also showed me that there is not great energy out there. Now, even looking back in hindsight and I've never had the experience again and I still don't believe in demons and I still don't believe in evil entities. I don't even think Ouija boards are bad. I don't. I If, if a group of mediums I love said, hey, do you want to do Ouija tonight? I'd be like, yeah, let's do it because I don't have any fear around mediumship. I have no fear around spirit. I have no fear in my life when it comes to spiritual things. I fear people. I fear being judged. I fear being left out. I fear being overlooked. I fear failing. I fear those human type of things and fear never goes away. We just learn to master it. We learn to walk alongside it. We learn to do it anyways. But I don't fear anything in the spiritual realm, even to this day. It also brought to my awareness the power of our words, the power of our attention, the power of our energy that we can kind of like call in and release the energetic experiences that we're having. Like we are powerful. And you have to remember back at that time, I was not in my power. I don't feel like I even got in my power until very recently, to be honest with you. Just because you're not in your power and you're not in full confidence doesn't mean you can't move through life, doesn't mean that you can't progress, right? I just haven't felt so much in my power as after I went through my grief experience, okay? So I wasn't fully in my power back then. So these were massive realizations for me. Now, the tricky thing for me as a spiritual mentor and as a medium is, you know, if somebody comes to me now saying I'm possessed or, and this doesn't happen to me very much because I don't attract people like that anymore because my, my career's pivoted more towards the mentoring and the teaching and I attract more like-minded students than not, it's hard for me as a mentor to sit down in front of somebody and that is very convinced of their negative spiritual experiences that they've had and try to bring through the lessons that I've had where I said, you know, have you tried praying? Have you tried talking to it? Right? And I find lots of times, yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work. They're still, they're still bothering me at night. I'm still bothered all the time at night. And I have to look at that experience of like, are they addicted to chaos? Like, is chaos their baseline? Like, do they feel safer when things are a little bit kind of crazy in their life? It's really hard to kind of call someone out on that, right? Or have somebody flip their perspective on what may be happening. Like, do you feel at a soul level there may be some permission here granted to have these experiences? Or maybe these experiences, like I had an angel tell me, Danielle, what's about to happen is controlled. You will be safe. Now, I didn't even remember the angel said that throughout those whole four days, I remember they said it after clear as day and I remember I'll never forget it because that was one of the first times I had clear clear audience when it came to like the angelic realms and I get that all the time now I'm very lucky 
but it was a huge experience for me. So I am able to empathize with people and I'll be able to share my experience. I'm an experiential teacher. I'm not going to talk down at people and I'm not going to talk at people. I'm going to sit with people and share with people equal exchange. So all I can do is share my experience with dark energy and their soul will recognize if this is something that will help them as well. So have you tried praying? Have you tried talking to whatever higher source you believe in and really kind of like feeling it and surrendering into it and just letting them kind of provide this experience for you? So out of all the years of spirituality, which I think based off of this podcast episode, we can kind of stem back to when I was six years old. I've only had that one negative experience. Now I've had scary experiences. I've, I've seen spirit with my naked eyes, but one time it was Jesus and one time it was my son um, that you know passed away in my belly a couple days after I saw him. So I have seen spirit and it has been scary and unnerving and not something I ever think I'll get used to, but it wasn't evil. It wasn't bad. It wasn't negative, right? Those are human fears to spiritual things. But when it comes to like spirituality and darkness, that's been my only experience. And so I can't empathize, but I also feel like I learned more about my power and more about, you know, the positive sides about spirituality, even within that experience. But I'm a very happy disposition person. I've always been like that. So it's easy for me to reframe experiences from that lens. So I'm not going to tell you what to do with your past beliefs or your past experiences that you kind of hold true, but I do believe that if we can look at things through different lenses based off of different times and, you know, me today is looking at things very differently than even two years ago before I went full time, right? I've done hundreds of readings since then, thousands maybe even. So we're, our beliefs are going to be formed based off of our experiences and based off of our mindset and based off of our foundational belief systems, our integrity, our ethics, all that fun stuff. So I got nothing else to say other than this, other than that's my experience with it. So be curious to see if you guys enjoyed the story time. I hope you've enjoyed my reflections on the experience. Again, I didn't want to talk about this because I don't want to ever add fear into the world. And I hope I was able to share this experience from a lens of, you know, power, integrity, um, high vibe, like not scary, but I'd be curious to see what you guys think. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with your August spirit messages and some really interesting ways that you'll be able to work with me in fall. I have been trying to create more ways, um, even with increasing my prices for mentorship, the demand is still just as high. So I'm having to create ways that I can mentor people, which is still feeds my soul. I love getting deep with people. I love being personal with people. I also love my big program. But I love being able to watch and witness people in their work so that I can really be of support. So I have created a couple opportunities to work with me on a six-on-one experience starting mid-September. So I, if there's space left, I'm going to pitch it to my circle and I'm going to pitch it to my current initiation program. And if those fill up, they fill up. But if there's still going to be space available, I would definitely let you know how to register for that as well as another program that's coming out, which is kind of like a 2.0 to the initiation, which is a six-week mediumship experience. So lots of stuff coming up, but I'll share more of that in the next episode when I do the August spirit messages. For now, just going to love you and leave you. I hope you guys have a fantastic week ahead and I hope that um, you guys enjoyed this episode. Bye. 
I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit School. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you for tagging me on Instagram at Squamish Medium so I can also share. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you're interested in working with me in my one-on-one mentorship, a reading, or all the various programs that I run, you can go to squamishmedium.com or check me out on Instagram at Squamish Medium. The link in the bio has everything I am currently working on in service to the world of spirit. Have a great day, guys.